is Handle on the Law, marginal legal advice, where I tell you you have absolutely no case. All right, I, I've talked to you uh, before many times uh, about cops who are dirty, right? And this is out of Florida, and this is the Florida Panhandle, which actually is the Deep South. People don't think of Florida as being in the Deep South. The Panhandle of the northern part is right next to Georgia. And so we're talking right in the middle there. And uh, here is a cop. And again, it's a dirty cop, but this he's took, taking it to a new level. He was arrested after allegedly selling opioids. Okay. I mean, that's another. You've seen this. But this one is right out of his squad car while he was in uniform. He opened the trunk of his car and was openly selling opioids. Like a street vendor. And, oh, what a shocker. He was arrested. Maybe not out of the trunk of his car, but still. I mean, just crazy. So uh, the investigation began of him uh, when... um, One of uh, the sheriffs referred their suspicions to uh, the FDLE. That's the uh, the folks. uh, That's the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. Undercover agents made a controlled purchase of these tablets while he was in uniform in his Mark squad car. Also uh, used his personal cell phone for sales. Thank goodness he didn't use a a company or a county cell phone uh, for sales. That would have been far worse, right? Sure. Uh, my guess is he's going to jail for a while, and it's not good to be a cop and go to jail. You do not do well. So let's take some phone calls. Uh, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Hello. Yes. I want to know, do I have the right to res- have my privacy respected if I choose not to go back to my parents' home and remove my final belongings. All right, I don't know. Hold on. Oh, hold on. Uh, tell me what's going on, because already when you start, do I have my right to have my privacy uh, upheld? I don't know where you're going. What, what, what started all this? Okay. My parents' health started to deteriorate about a decade ago. I eventually moved in with my husband. He continued to work. I took care of my parents. I did not charge. My father died close to the end of my mother's life, My two sisters, who never assisted, came in and kind of bullied me out, and I left. Why? Why don't you say no? I I got tired of being hassled. Okay. All right. So, uh, all right. All right. So So, you leave. Fair enough. Now what? Hired an attorney for the probate. They didn't have a will. They told me, you're not going to get anything. Based on what? Based on selfishness, I, I no, 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 no. What is? They said they're not going to get anything. Did they have a? Did they have a legal basis, or just they decided you're not going to get anything? That's what they told. No, me. no, no. Was a pro, has a probate been open, Nancy? It's open. I hired an attorney. Uh, they want to settle this now. Oh no! Yeah, of course they do, because you have every right to a third of that property, uh, Nancy. Correct. Yeah, you have every right. So you tell them, uh, you know what. Uh, I want a third of this, and, uh, and and if it turns out they fight it, uh, you sim- you will, of course, get a third of it. Uh, you'll get your third, and I would ask for attorney's fees because what they well, they they conceded, and they're saying you do get a, you do get your portion of the house. Mm-hmm. My my attorney's telling me he's going to take forty percent. No, well, oh, he's going to take forty percent of whatever I get. Wow, you certainly hired the right attorney, didn't you, Nancy? 
I think so. Yeah, you got my, screwed. You got screwed pretty good by your attorney, Nancy. Well, my, my question is, I'm, I'm now that everybody wants to settle, they're telling me I can come back and finish getting my belongings. I... No, no, you no, no. You can keep your belongings in the house. They have no more control over the house than you do, Nancy. You can tell you can move back in. They can't stop that. What are they going to do? Call the uh, the house police? Call the sheriff to have you evicted? No, they can't do that. Okay. Well, my my question now is, what is left there? I don't feel it's worth the emotional stress to go back. All right. So what's your so what's your question, Nancy? Do I have the right to expect that whoever empties the house will dispose of my personal belongings? If you, have, example, if you, you know what? If you walk away, number. you know, what does your social security number have to do with it? Well, I don't want them just getting my mail that I used to get at my parents' house and dumping it in the garbage. So go to the post office and make a change of address. I've done that. All right, then you're done. Then the mail all comes to you. Well, my belongings in my in in my parents' house. I have mail with my Social Security number. That's well, my biggest concern. All right. Well, I, if, if it's already there, Nancy, what are you going to do? There's not much you can do. They already have your Social Security number. And if they've opened it up, they've got your number. Okay. All right. Now, I had no idea what those questions were. None of that made any sense, other than this is not a very bright lady. But then again, really bright people generally don't call me, do they? Because they're a lot brighter than they are than I am, and they figured out a very long time ago what the show is about. Hello, Mike. Yes. Yes, go ahead. I have ahead. a question. My, I have an employee that signed a contract with a garment rental company. It was a five-year contract, and we're two years into it. And I'm wondering if there's any way to mm. get out of, out of it or if I'm liable. You're probably liable. If he, if he did it on okay. behalf of the company... And, and you have uh, worked under that contract for two years. Uh, you're going to have a hard time getting out of it because what are you going to say? I'm just tired of it? I don't want sure. this contract anymore? That's my legal basis. I know I signed or I allowed someone to sign, which I accepted the fact that he signed. Uh, and now I'm just tired of working with you, and I don't care what the contract says. What do you think? Sure. I yeah. understand that. So You're screwed. Uh, the price. Uh, since we've signed the contract, has almost doubled. Is there a way to address that or get out of it based on that? Nope. Unle- it depends. Uh, is the contract, does it allow for price increases? Yes. Okay. And then you're going to argue maybe the price, in- price increases were unreasonable unless they follow a formula in the contract that allows them to do exactly what they've done. And if that's the case, you are screwed beyond screwed, Mike. Okay. All right. That makes him feel good. Was that okay, sort of a happy okay? No. No, I don't think so at all. Jonathan. Hello, Jonathan. You're up. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Love your show. First off, I got a paycheck from a former employee. Uh, It bounced. It took me about a week of confronting them and nagging them to issue me another paycheck that eventually went through. Um, I already decided that I was going to quit the company, but it took me a little bit to find a job. But before I could find another job, another paycheck of theirs bounced also. I confronted them about it. They would not contact me, no texting, no phone calls. 
I walked off the job. Right now, I'm going to the labor board. I got a meeting with them okay. at the labor board. So what's I don't your, think what, they're going to be showing up. All right. So what's your they question? partially twelve hundred dollars. All right. What's your question? Um, I've got all my. I got all the copies of everything. Right. I'm ready to rock and roll on yep. this. But I'm also wondering, should I have a backup plan B, no. like small things? No, court, no. You court? can. You want to go? I mean, you could theoretically, but go all the. Uh, Department of Consumer uh, Affairs, the Depart- the Wage Enforcement Division, which you're going in front of, has a tremendous amount of power. Okay. Far more than what you can do. In small claims court, all they're going to do, the judge is going to issue you the amount of money that's owed. Then you get to go to collect it. When there is an order yeah. from the Department of Consumer Affairs uh, okay. and their violation, that is not good for them. You're doing exactly it- right. Just stay right where you are. Uh, and then I cut you off but because I was already bored with that. Uh, this is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handle here, and welcome back to Handle on the Law Marginal Legal Advice. Hi, Clarence. Welcome to Hello? Handle on the Law. Yes, Clarence, go ahead. Yeah, so I made a, uh, made this collage. It came out very nice about this famous person, and it has historical connotations to it. So if I were to try to sell it uh, as a poster, what obligations would I have legally? Well, it depends on whether the likenesses are copyrighted and uh, which, who do you have on that poster? Uh to, to be honest with you, he's a, a current a public figure right now. If it's a public figure, you're probably okay. And by the way, who's going to buy your poster, Clarence? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to sell it to the general public as as uh, as a keepsake. And how excellent! And how you plan on marketing it? Well, I'm, I'm working on that. Uh, uh, maybe through the internet, uh, mm. personal, personal, uh, you know, on the street uh, mm. things, and maybe I can get someone to to distribute it. Yes, like Walmart. Yes, or I know. I get a Walmart to be the first ones to jump on it and distribute your poster. I get that. Uh, who is it, by the way? Can I, I ask? Excuse me. Who is it that you're uh, thinking of making a poster of? Uh, it's President Obama. Oh yeah. Well, you can absolutely. I mean, he is. Uh, you can use his likeness any way you want. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I. by the way, I think that you doing a poster, uh, I think, first of uh-huh. all, Walmart would pick it up instantly. I think if you distribute it through the Internet, uh, a million copies maybe? How much are you going to sell it for? Well, uh, I'm thinking somewhere between $10 and $20 a poster. Oh, okay. It's about the size, it's about the size of a regular uh, regular common uh, poster board, you know? Got it. Used in school. And what is Obama doing in that poster? Well, what what my poster does is 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 celebrates his uh, his election as the first African American president. Right, and you know what? That's uh, I don't think that's ever been done. I think you're I ahead. Think I so think you I think you're ahead of the game on this one. I think it's a damn well, good idea. I think that this thing is going to sell like crazy. So here's the good news for you, and that is he is a public figure. You're allowed to use his likeness, especially uh-huh. in terms. I think you're fine. Clarence, uh, I'm going to tell you something. I want a piece of this. Okay, well, I would like your help. If you could help me out. I, I, c- I mean, i got to tell you, I, I'm going to go right now. Uh, buy Clarence's poster. 
you let me know, uh, and you call me back, and you go, the poster is ready for sale, and it's uh, the first African-American president, and, man, just just the shock of that news. I have copies of it already. That's fabulous. You want to can send? I, can I get? Con- how do I contact you, Mister Handel? Uh, you do it uh, through. You know what? Do it through my local station uh, that I broadcast from, and uh, we'll, we're going to start doing some business, my man. I got to tell you right now, yeah. we're we're on our way. Yeah. All right, uh, Ramon. Do I have that right? Yes, Ramon. Welcome. Good morning. I have a question for you. Um, legal question. Uh, several years ago, I co-signed for my son to uh, purchase a used vehicle at a, at a lot. And since then, he's gotten rid of the car. He no longer owns the car. But at some point, he must have gotten a, uh, uh, a parking ticket, and I believe somewhere in L.A., uh, that I was never aware of until about six months ago, I received a collection letter addressed to him uh, trying to collect on an unpaid ticket that by now has, the, the, with all the fees and, and going into collections, it's up to about a thousand dollars. Okay. But reading the notice, um, it also has my name. It's yeah, because you're addressed right. Because you're one of the registered owners. When um, when you loan the money, uh, the car is also in your name. Correct. Uh, correct. All right. Well, you get you get to go to court, and you get to argue it was your son that parked the ticket, uh, used the parking, and it wasn't that got the parking ticket, and it wasn't you, and you didn't even know about it. Because you never got notice, and hopefully the court says, okay, we buy that, or it doesn't matter, Ramon. You're the registered owner. The car was parked illegally, and congratulations, write a check. But you've got to go in front of a judge uh, and start arguing that one. So walk in and ask for a hearing, uh, or you can even do that on the ticket uh, and ask for a hearing in front of the judge. Yeah, that's good fun. All right, Scott. Yes, Yes, sir. Go ahead. Okay, um, I work for a company that I do a lot of driving, and the company mandates that you have to drive a company vehicle, but they also charge us about $2,500 a year to drive the company vehicle. And I was just wondering if that was Wait a minute. Legal, you, uh, no, no, it's not legal. Uh, I don't understand how that is unless they agree that or you, you use it for personal use. Uh, do, uh, are you able to use it for personal use? Yeah, what they do is they, they say you can use it for unlimited personal local use. So, like, if I drive to Vegas or something, I have to put gas in myself. But, but lo- wait, wait, locally, or- locally they pay for all your gas, even for personal use around town? Yeah. Uh, you know what? That sounds like a pretty good – you know what? I think, that's, I think that's a pretty good deal, first of all. Uh, second of all, you can say no – and you only use the car for business. In other words, you drive to their office, you pick up the company car, you drive it for business, then you come home, and then you go back, take your car, and then they can't charge you a dime. Okay. But if they're okay, saying, yeah, we, we will we'll pay the insurance, we'll pay for unlimited local driving, and effectively you're going to pay 200 bucks a month for that, I got to tell you, that's a hell of yeah, a deal. Okay. Scott, it's a hell of a deal. Okay. Okay, you know, cool. I would take that in a heartbeat. This is Handle on the Law. This is KFI AM 640. More stimulating talk. Bill Handle here. 
Welcome to Handle on the Law. Welcome back for Marginal Legal Advice. Hello, Leo. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello. Yes, sir. Yes, my girlfriend in Ohio, she got a KPS warrant. They came and tried to pick her up here in California for failure to pay child support. In Ohio, it's 26 consecutive months of failure to pay child support, and you get a felony. But the duration of time they're charging her is equal to roughly 27 months. But seven of those last months, her daughter pulled herself out at 18 of a full-time accredited school. And we're wondering if we can prove that she pulled herself out and had her books and had moved out of the house. Can we have those final seven or so months removed? Yeah, I would think so. uh, Sure. And you make any charge against her drop? Well, here's the deal. You go in front of a judge... Uh, and make that argument, and uh, if you are able to prove it and the judge uh, agrees that uh, based on what your circumstances are, then you're below that statutory minimum, so they can't charge you with a felony. Because of the felony. Yeah, go ahead. Now, we believe it was intentional. We believe they knew that they were doing that. Uh, How do you prove it? Yeah, great. How do you do that, Leo? Text message history. All right. So you walk in, and as long as you prove you're not responsible. And by the way, when you prove it was intentional, uh, who intended this to happen? The father and the daughter. They work kind of together on it. All right. Well, uh, again, if you have the proof via text messages that she did that, and it doesn't matter. She could have innocently pulled herself out. She could have planned to pull herself out. It doesn't matter as long as you can prove that you don't reach that 26-month threshold, felony disappears. So okay, that, now, is there, if we prove that it was intentional, would the state... I don't think so. No, no, no. I don't think the state would. No, they don't care about that stuff. Yeah, they got other fish to fry. I know that really bothers me, but, uh, you know, that's the way it works. Welcome to the world of the law. All right, MJ. Hi, MJ. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hey, uh, TRO was filed against me, and in his complaint, they said that they had called the police on me 24 times. I was a member of that church, did volunteer work for two years, um, put a lot of money into the church. But while I was there, I noticed there was a lot of things going on mm-hmm. where stuff was being stolen. Hey, let me ask and you. Did, I, wait, 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 wait. Okay, hold on. The temporary restoring order, someone filed it against you. Who filed it? Uh, it was this uh, other priest that came. Okay, down so the priest by the di- right. So the priest filed the TRO against you, claiming right. that you had called or he had called twenty four times against you. Correct. Correct. And did he? No. Okay, so he made that up. Now, uh, what does the TRO say? You have to get the hell out of there. You can't be within a hundred feet. I can't feet. go within a hundred yards. Okay. Uh, for three years, I can't go to my church. Well. Uh, first of all, uh, let's and it was granted, of course, right? It was it a temporary. It was granted. Okay, temporary restraining order, or permanent restraining order. Temporary. Uh, and do you have Three a years? Do, wait a sec. Do you have a hearing, or was this the hearing that they had? Were you allowed to go in and argue your side? Uh, the judge wouldn't let me, and but I also filed the paperwork stating that 24 complaints were not made against me. All right, me. Uh, and I don't think the judge cared. Hey, let me ask you, if you have a priest that's dead, dead set against you, why are you part of that church? 
because I was baptized in that church, and my grandfather was an Episcopal minister. Okay, all right. And if this is the way my church is uh, working, I want to change it. Then change so the church. Oh, you want to do it? Got right. it. So you want to change the church itself exactly. and get rid of the priest? Good luck. Uh, but then that's. Uh, but still, <laughs> so what you can know, I do? Well, about, uh, since he uh, c- committed a perjury, it doesn't matter. They don't care. And the judge believed him and not you. Well, doesn't he have to show any proof? Yes. I mean, there's no records with the sheriff. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The judge doesn't care. Granted the restraining order. You're up against the judge because a priest filed it probably, and the uh, judge may have felt that you are a Fruit Loop uh, or simply not credible, uh, where now you got a problem. You can go in with a motion to reconsider. Uh, but you're I still, can? but sure, yeah, you can uh, go in and uh, refile uh, and have the uh, restraining order overturned. But can I it, also do a defamation of character? No, no, no. Everybody thinks that well, you can. Well, he, he's saying that, now this is on paper, that I had 24 complaints. I know you said that. You said that. Uh, you what? said that. It does. That part doesn't matter. Nobody cares. The only thing you can do is argue that you want this restraining order lifted uh, and uh, you're still dealing with a church where the priest has a lot more say than you do. So let's say you go back in, and now you get into a fight with the priest, right? Where you're arguing a... He's I'm not argu- going to fight with him. He's not going to even be there. When's he leaving? He's not even there. He was, he, he came down to see what was... The diocese sent him down uh, in order to see what was going on. Uh, and so there's solution to the thefts and all the damage. Yeah, you're getting screwed. Yeah, with, you're making a... The restraining order yeah. against me. Yeah, you got a problem. And not the person that was doing it. Well, that's a judge clearly didn't believe that. So ask for a reconsideration, make an emotion to uh, to turn it around, uh, to uh, to re to to remove the granting of it. But I got to tell you, based on what was going on, everybody hates you, and I can understand that completely. Uh, so you've got a uh, you've got a problem. All right, Natalie. Uh, Natalie, it's your turn. Hello. Okay. Natalie, yes, I'm here. Okay, Natalie. Yes. Okay, it's your turn. Let me, yes, let me explain how this works. I ask you if you're there. You say, yes, you are here. Then the next part of this is you ask me a question. Yes. Okay, so now it's your turn to ask me a question. All right. My homeowners association attorney has put a lien on my property for his fees. Uh, he claims for a prevailing party lawsuit, only he has the lien under a board member's name, not the association's name, and not his name. Is that legal? I no, no, probably not. Anything. No, probably not, Natalie. And here is, uh, I think what you can do is write him and say, hey, you know what? It's it's a board that's putting a lien on. I don't understand how an individual can put a lien on. There wasn't an individual lawsuit, but you still exactly. have to yeah. We still have to worry about the lien, Natalie, uh, because uh, that's easy to change uh, for him to go ahead and file a lien on behalf of the home homeowners. Now the the problem is the underlying lien. What's that for? It's for attorney's fees. No, no, for if, a lot. Okay, attorney's fees for what? For a lawsuit that he, the, the homeowners association attorney, claimed he is a prevailing. Party. I know. So you lost the lawsuit, right, Natalie? Yes. And what was the lawsuit about? 
Oh, it was about they hired a management company uh, to manage a piece of raw land, half an acre of raw land, and increased our dues, but they did not have all the homeowners vote. They did not take a vote. Yeah, well, but, look look but, at the CC. You know, you, I know, Natalie, you have to look at the CCNRs, whether they're allowed to do that. But my question to you is you failed to pay the additional uh, homeowners fees, correct? No, no, no. I have that has nothing to do with assessments. It's for attorneys' fees only. But the underlying assess oh, it's for the attorneys' fees. Who do the attorneys yes. sue? Based on no, what? No, not assessments. Okay. No. You just said it had to do with assessments. All right, I'm no. too confused. I can't take this anymore. Uh don't do this to me again. Uh it's time for a limit call. Because I just get I go crazy with this stuff. This is Handle on the Law. Welcome back to KFI AM640. We're stimulating talk. This is Handle on the Law. All right, Rich, it's you now. Welcome to Handle on the Law. Hello, sir. Yes, I have my question was. I was closing escrow. They canceled on the last day of escrow. And I was wondering, I was told I can get the funds in escrow, which was 3000 And I was also told either I could sue them for 3% of the value of my house up to, I believe, 75000 In my case, it would be $8,000. And I was seeing, is that a possibility? Yeah, I don't or- know. I don't know statutorily whether I, I haven't heard of uh, that 3% up to $75,000. That I haven't heard. As far as a $3,000 deposit is concerned, was there language in uh, the purchase agreement that uh, that $3,000 went hard which means uh, you had to put it down, and in the event they bailed out, do you get to keep it? You have to look at the agreement. Uh, if there isn't language that says that, you have to return it. Uh, so hopefully they call it, uh, and what they do is they call it liquidated damages, where the deposit will, in fact, uh, pay for any damage you have. Now, uh, and you agree to that. Now, the other side of it, if there isn't any, and you have to return, or the escrow company is going to return the $3,000 to the purchaser is you get to sue for your damages, whatever those damages are. For example, having moved out the day before uh, because someone is going to be coming in and your furniture is all out there, or you had to repaint, or you had to repair, uh, or whatever damages you can come up with at all that are reasonable, you can sue for those. And if it turned out you had a pending sale that fell through because of that, or you had a sale uh, where you were purchasing a home and that was contingent on that house, uh, it's a whole different animal. Okay? Yeah. So I did have the uh, contingency and put all that money down for inspection, appraisal, and all yeah, that. Yeah, no, I get, you get all that back. You get all of that okay. back. Oh, you bet. Those are your damages. Oh, yeah. You just can't bail out the day before unless the uh, it's a very poorly written agreement where uh, the uh, agent or the real estate agent for, in this case, the, uh, the seller uh, does a horrible, horrible job. All right. Uh, Janice. Hi, Janice. You're up. Welcome to Handle on the Law. 
Hey, Bill. About four weeks ago, I suffered uh, an injury during a chiropractic adjustment. And since then, I've had some medical expenses um, in regard to the treatment and trying to recover from it. And I'm wondering how to recoup those expenses. Um, chiropractors saying, well, there's a risk in everything. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, you know. That's the problem. And the chiropractor is going to say, uh, whatever you're undergoing, uh, that is the injuries, had nothing to do with uh, what I did. So uh, it gets a little problematic. When you talk about uh, your expenses relative to what he did, what, what are we talking about? How much money and for what? Well, specifically, when I had the adjustment, I couldn't get up off the table afterwards. So he knew that there was an injury. All right. So, and, his, and his suggestion, I went for an x-ray, but he said at that time that would be my own expense. It's been about $400 in co-pays for x-rays, um, appointments with Yeah, I would take him to court for $400 to get your expenses. So that would be small claims Yeah, court. Yeah, they're not, you're not going to get pain and suffering. Uh, um, All you're going to do is get hard money uh, damages, which is the $400, and uh, you can simply say, this is what happened. Uh, I wouldn't just get up and go to uh, the doctor, and I wouldn't go up and get an x-ray if this did not happen. And so I think you got the $400, uh, but that's all you're going to get. Uh, Because the, the bad news for you is he didn't take your head off. Legally, the bad news for you, if he had adjusted you and you became a quadriplegic, that is a case. But since you clearly aren't, uh, all you have is four hundred dollars. Okay, and now should I wait until this is completely resolved because I'm still, yeah, you know, I'm still Absol- being treated. Yes, and whatever, yes, whatever the final medical yes. expenses are, that's what I go for. That's exactly what you do. And if it turns out <laughs> that there is a prognosis that is some kind of an ongoing permanent injury. Then you go mm-hmm. to uh, then you go to a medical malpractice attorney because you're in a whole different league at that point. Uh, so that's what you get for going to a chiropractor. I don't go to chiropractors. My wife goes to chiropractors. She does a, a lot of ooga booga medicine. My wife, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, when the when the doctor walks in and she's in the examining room and the doctor doesn't have a bone through his nose and is not wearing uh, a feather headdress. Uh, Then she really goes, okay, I don't know if I uh, trust this guy or not. This is Handle on the Law.